Hello, everybody, and welcome to Basement Sports Podcast. This is going to be a fantasy football edition, and we are lucky to have two fantasy football experts. Uh, I would like to say they're live in studio, but we don't have a studio, so they're on the phone. And what makes them experts? Well, I think they've at least won their league a couple times, and it was short notice, and we just had to get this thing done, so we call them experts. So let's say hello. Gary, you out there? Yes, sir. All right, and we have Chris. Hello, hello. There's our two experts. Okay. So um, in case you guys are wondering how this is going to work, we just have some initial draft strategy. We're going to go over what we think we would do based on a 10 or 12 team non-PPR, which is points per reception league. If you are in a PPR, this may change a little bit as far as uh, when you might draft your, your favorite receiver. But uh, the experts or myself will chime in if they think that they would go a little higher if it was a PPR league. So uh, I guess, guys, first thing I want to discuss is in a 10 to 12 team league, most people out there in these fantasy so far this year and some of the other experts are heavy on running backs and they're heavy on receivers early. So my first strategy question to both of you, um, Chris, we'll start with you. If you have a late pick, like in a 12-team league, you're 10 or 11 or 12. Most of the big four or five running backs are already gone. Probably two of the top three four receivers are already gone. Do you continue to take on a, a receiver, a running back, two receivers, two running backs? Do you reach for a tight end like Kelsey if he's still there? Or are you picking up Mahomes or your favorite quarterback in that situation? And that's well, go ahead, I'd Chris. Look at the depth. I'd look at the depth of the positions going into each year, and traditionally, I'm not thinking quarterback. Certainly not thinking tight end at that point in the draft. If I'm late in the first round, I still like to get either the best available running back or best available wide receiver there, depending on who's available. So if I feel there's a wide receiver better than what's left at running back, I'll go that direction or vice versa. But especially a quarterback where there's so much depth at that position, you know, not a whole lot of separation between the top guys and the middle guys, I would rather wait on that position uh, in the later rounds. Yeah, and remember, it's usually a snake draft. So if you do take a receiver quick, uh, your favorite receiver, you're going to come right back with one, probably one of the next two, three picks anyway, and there'll be some running backs right. there. I happen to agree with Chris about waiting on a quarterback. I don't think I've ever taken a quarterback before round eight, uh, and we draft like 16 rounds. So um, like Chris was saying, there, the, the parity of the quarterback positions, you can just name the top, hell, the top, 11 um, are usually Roethlisberger, Wentz, Ryan, Goff, Breeze, Mayfield, Wilson, Watson, Luck, Rodgers, and Mahomes um, in some type of order, no matter who you, so who you uh, ask. So I, I kind of agree with that. Gary, what's, what's your opinion about maybe grabbing the top tight end like Kelsey at 9 or 10, or are you sticking with the receivers and running backs out there? Uh, I've actually uh, – I'm drafting 11th in our, in our league this year. 12-team league? I've actually been looking – we have a 12-team league, and I draft 11. So uh, I was actually looking at Kelsey, but I don't know if I can do that. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of taking a tight end in that spot. Kelsey is obviously far and away uh, the best one 
but I just can't I just can't pull the trigger on it that early because tight end I think is a little more volatile than if you if you're looking at a, a star running back or a star receiver at that point. Um, I'm actually I'm actually most likely thinking either two receive probably two receivers because I think the two receivers are going to be better than any, any running back you can get at that point unless somebody really good falls to you at that point. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, and and when you talk running backs, and we'll get they're usually the first ones taken. And um, the top, we also have the Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott situation where he's still a holdout. Now he could sign any day by yeah. tomorrow. Very difficult to tell, but obviously the top three or four in everybody's mock drafts are Elliott, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Kamara. Now some people right. say that they don't like Alvin Kamara as much as they like someone like Gurley or Melvin Go- Gordon. If I were to ask you guys to rate your top four running backs and you would take one of these four, if you had one of the first four picks, which running back would be your first-round pick? Gary, you start. Uh, I mean, I, I think Saquon Barkley is still number one. I mean, he, I believe in our league he was the number one scorer last year. I, I think he's just an animal. Yeah, um, rookie of the year. He's going to catch a lot of balls. What's that? He's also offensive rookie of the year last year. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to get a lot of receptions. He's going to get a lot of yards, period, and touchdowns. Yeah, now, uh, my concern Kamara, with – go ahead. I say, Kamara, I was sleeping on last year. I really wasn't sold on him, and uh, I paid the price for it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, join the crowd. You know, I think, yep. Yeah, I, I think you got to go Barkley, and then I think you could take either Kamara or McCaffrey. I think you can put those – whatever order you want those two and Elliot after him. Okay, that's, so that's, Chris, that's hearing what he said, and, and you're you're basically in the same league as he is, <laughs> this is a very interesting strategy. But, Chris, your running back situation, and not only who would you take your, if you had the first four picks and you had to get your running back, uh, where do you think Ezekiel Elliott will get picked because of the holdout? Do you think it's going to cost him second, third round, or do you think someone's still going to take him? Wow, I wouldn't. T- I, I mean, I personally wouldn't touch him with this situation because, look, man, whether the player knows what he's doing or not, everybody thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be back by week two or three last year, right? Look how that turned out. <laughs> you do not, in my opinion, gamble in any way, shape, or form with your first round pick. You want some, you know, you want reliability out of that pick. And this situation, who had, who knows how long it could carry on. Uh, depending on when your draft is, if you go into that draft and this guy is still holding out, I wouldn't touch him personally. Now, somebody else in your league, you know, wants to roll the dice, but there's no question he's a top four guy. I know I had him last year. He was a stud. I could see somebody doing it. It, it. It's just that that's just not a move for me. I I, I wouldn't go there. Absolutely not. Um, uh, that I, being said, the guy ahead. I really like out of those four is McCaffrey. Um, his ability to run the ball, catch the ball, be a focal point of the offense. Um, he can get you points in a lot of different ways. Kind of similar to Kamara, right? Um, 
varsity, tremendous athlete, great player, but what else do they have there? And that can work both ways. Like, yeah, he might get a ton of touches and the offense goes through him, but every defense that team's going to face is going to be stacking the box against him. The quarterback situation looks to be terrible. <laughs> no more Odell Beckham, nobody to stretch the field. Um, I'm not saying kind of the same not situation the they were in last five guy. I just don't know if I would take him number one. I like McCaffrey overall, although the one thing that gives me pause is when these guys, you know, have these crazy off seasons. I heard this dude showed up to camp like twenty <laughs> pounds heavier, all jacked up, you know, muscle bound. You hate to see that either cause injury or lose quickness, but uh, I'll roll the dice on that guy over the other three. Yeah, you know, last year we had a guy, the defending champion, I think he pipped fifth or sixth, and he did go with Le'Veon Bell when he was with Pittsburgh because, you know, everyone was said he's going to hold out till week one. Turns out he was gone the whole year, and that guy didn't even make the playoffs. So agree wholeheartedly about you cannot gamble on your first-round pick. Now, having said that, I don't think James Conner's getting enough love in the running back mix. Most people have him ninth, 10th, 11th running back. They got Le'Veon. A couple of magazines I looked at has Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, and even Todd Gurley ahead of him. Well, Todd Gurley's knee wasn't exactly fantastic at the end of last year. He didn't hardly play in the playoffs. And, you know, Joe Mixon plays for Cincinnati, and I think there's a role that you should not take anybody that's on the Bengals for any reason. <laughs> Because they're just a big piece of that's shit. A good, that is a good strategy. Yeah, that's just it's horrible. It's kind of it's it's like uh, drafting. You should get penalized a draft pick if you draft anybody into the NFL that played at Temple. That's just the rules. That's what would happen <laughs> if I was commissioner for a day. Um, having said that, Le'Veon Bell, Gary, again, he's coming off two years without playing football. He's not playing all season. Is this guy going to go in the second round, first round, second round? Well, I mean, speaking of somebody who's picking at the end of the second or end of the first, I am not touching him okay. in the first two rounds. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't trust somebody that hasn't played in that long. 18 months, he's not going to – I think I saw that he's not going to be playing in any exhibition game. That's right. Either. That's correct. So, you know, that's, that's just a little too much time to me. Uh I think also he was also the product of a, of a system, I think, in Pittsburgh as opposed to what the Jets are going to have. I mean, you look at Steelers had one of the best offensive lines in the league. They had one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They had a multitude of other weapons. Um, you know, there's what do the Jets have? I, I forget what their quarterback's name is. And the rookie. I'm not really sure what any of I'm, – I'm not really sure what any of the names of their receivers are either. Yeah, well <laughs> – <laughs> so you're not really – if you hear that, Chris, you don't have to worry about him taking a jet before you pick. Uh, Sam Darnold is into his second year. They're Sam Darnold, yeah. They Sam do Darnold, have right. some uh, – I, I, I knew who it was. I they, knew who it was. I just didn't – I mean, I just can't see I, – I, I'm not – it's almost like a guy without a contract to me. I mean, he's he hasn't played in 18 months. I mean, it's like somebody coming off Tommy John surgery in baseball. Yeah, and you know, if they are going to stack the box, uh, if I'm looking at receiver rankings, I think the first one I come to the Jets is Robbie Anderson, and he's 31st in the bat, the book I'm looking at. And then you go all the way down to Jamison Crowder, who, I don't know, probably still lives in Washington for all I know, and he's all the way down to 50. So, uh, again, 
Um, I don't think the Jets are going to have – I think they're going to be decent defensively, but I'm very, very interested to see in my draft on Saturday where someone like Le'Veon Bell is going to go. Um, Somebody's going to take him. Somebody will take him in the first two rounds. It's just not going to be me. Yeah, I, Chris, your opinion on him? You taking him? Listen, if, if, if you're going to you're going to say there should be an unwritten rule that you don't draft anybody from Cincinnati, <laughs> the J-E-T-S Jets got to be right there in, in that conversation as well. All right? Well, especially that if there's a guy from Temple on either of the rosters. Yep. That is the of a franchise that has been in the NFL for many a year. So, you know, you could put Mahomes behind center on that team, and somehow they're going to figure out a way to screw it up. So, yeah, um, uh, I, I echo Gary in that the Le'Veon Bell is, is, is not on my uh, hit list whatsoever. All right, and so to finish up, to finish up the running backs real quick, um, you guys said you'd all you. I think Gary said you'd take Barkley if you had the number one pick. And, Chris, I think you went with McCaffrey. I'm still going with Kamara under Drew Brees and those swing passes. Uh, The backup to Kamara is no longer there. Uh, The big boy, I'm trying to think of his name real quick. I think he went over to – Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Yeah, Latavius Murray's there now. Ingram's now in Baltimore. Um, So I think think I still would take Kamara, and that is a very – unpopular decision for running back. So I probably uh, will get an ass whooping if I get the first pick because that's who I'm taking number one. Moving on to wide receivers, I don't get it. Um, Everything you look at says Devontae Adams from Green Bay is one of the top two receivers. I know he's got the quarterback. I get it. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who the other starting wide receiver is in Green Bay unless it's Geronimo Allison and I don't even know if that's a real guy. That just sounds like a made up name to me. But um I I I was just gonna say I everyone likes DeAndre Hopkins. That's fine, but there's no way I'm taking yeah. Adams over Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, yep. Michael Thomas, or even Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. All he does every year is catch a thousand yards of balls and he's got a horrible quarterback with Winston too so let me hear uh Chris what's your what's your top three receivers of if you're looking at them and who you want on your team uh once you get your running back in the first round it's starting to snake back and let's just assume you're going to go receiver second round who do you want to be on the board well just in Devontae Adams defense I think why he's what probably the biggest reason he's so highly ranked is uh touchdowns I mean, if there is one guy, you look back over the last maybe three or four years, that has averaged anywhere from 13 to 15 TDs a season, it's that guy. And as valuable as TDs are in these leagues, um, not to mention the fact that no matter what's going on in Green Bay, uh, him and Rodgers are locked in like, you know, as good or better than any other receiver-quarterback combination in the league. I I think the guy holds his value. I think he does have top three, top four value, in my opinion. Now, given the chance to draft a wide receiver before anybody else, I think the two guys for me, and you could flip a coin here, are DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, best hands in football. Absolutely. Decent offense. 
has proven he can get it done regardless of who's thrown in the football. And then, you know, Julio Jones is just as consistent as they come. And last year, he even managed to catch some touchdown passes. Yeah, that was a mistake. He doesn't like, he doesn't like if, doing that. If, he, if he's trending in that direction, um, the guy who is usually the favorite to lead the league in receptions, you know, give me eight to nine touchdowns out of that guy, all right? 1,500-plus yards and, you know, 100-plus catches. Like I said, flip a coin there. I would be happy with either one. Yeah, and, you know, you can't cover him. They've tried double-teaming that guy, and he still gets open. And uh, you can say what you want about old Matty Ice, but he gets the ball to him, and he, like you said, he's 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 money. He really is. Gary, you – I'm going to go a little bit off the board because I think my favorite receiver of all of them, including those guys – and maybe it's because of the New Orleans bias I have. Um, but I just don't understand, if you have a chance to take him, why you wouldn't want Michael Thomas on your team. And I would pick him before Hopkins, Adams, and Julio Jones. Gary, uh, you're, what do you think? You stole my thunder because I was going to mention Michael Thomas is probably my number one choice. Oh, there uh, we go. I hope I draft ahead of you someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I would – I would put uh, Thomas number one, and then uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I mean, what do you have, like 125 catches last year? Um, just signed a contract, so he'll be happy. Uh, they still, they're still going to throw the ball down there, so there's, you know, you have to worry about them uh, being more conservative. Uh, and then I love, I love Julio Jones too. He's a home run hitter. Uh, you know, he, I, I think he's had a kind of a lower touchdown number, but. Uh, there's always a chance he's going to have that 15 touchdown season, and he's got he's an easy 13, 1400 yards. Could drop out at 16. And Hopkins, Hopkins is uh, just Mr. Consistency. I mean, he just does it every year. Doesn't not, nothing flash. He doesn't uh, make a lot of headlines. Just does it year after year. But I, I, gotta, I agree with you, Wade. I'm I'm with you on Michael Thomas. I don't I don't see why. Uh, why he wouldn't be up in that in that same group? I don't, I don't understand. No, no. Well, listen. Nobody's saying he's not in that same group. I mean, he, he's definitely top four, maybe top five. I think the one knock on Thomas is he's just not a burner. So there's not a lot of you know big chunk plays with him where you know you're getting that 65 yard touchdown respect, uh, reception. I mean, he's more of a volume guy. A lot of targets. They like him in the red zone. But he doesn't have, uh, you know, the wheels of some of these other guys uh, where you get those big, big-time plays. Yeah, and you know, they all three of the guys that we just highlighted, Hopkins and, and and Thomas and Julio Jones, they don't get hurt. For whatever reason, they play the whole year. And one thing I can say, guys, guys like A.J. Green is a beast. When you look at him, when he's healthy, he's he also is uncoverable. But I, you may only get nine games out of him, if that. I don't know what to expect from Antonio Brown this year with his frostbite feet, His didn't like his helmet. I think he's just playing games so he doesn't have to play in the preseason. I think he's going to be there week one. But, again, Carr is not Roethlisberger throwing to him. And Roethlisberger threw that ball up whether he was covered or not as long as he had one-on-one coverage. Carr's not that good. So I'm interested to see about that. Now, because this is a Pittsburgh-based show, and my question to you guys would be, Juju Smith-Schuster was phenomenal last year, and it's because Brown got double-teamed all the time. 
this year, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I double-team Juju on 75% of the snaps. So how does that affect where he goes in the draft, knowing that they don't have a real great tight end? He might be a sleeper this year, but they don't have a lot of depth now that Jesse James left. And on the other side, they got a whole lot of unproven with Moncrief and anybody else they run out there. So what's your thoughts, guys? Uh, Gary, you go first on Juju Smith and where you think he's going to go. Well, he should go in the first two rounds, I think. I mean, the guy, the kid, I think he's, what, only 22. Uh, he's pretty much an animal, and he's, he's uh, regardless of whether they're going to have Antonio Brown or not, uh, he's going to have to, Bronco Zuberger is going to have to throw the ball somewhere. And, you know, he's he's been the go-to guy. Uh, you know, he wasn't really known as a murderer coming out of college, but I've never seen him get caught from behind, that's for sure. That's true. And, He's, you know, he's got like these 90-yard touchdowns that are ridiculous, which just seem to like come out of nowhere. I think he's got two or three in in two years in the league, and you know, he just like catches everything that's thrown at him. He's he's still so young, he's still learning. Uh, I just think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I so really you're not worried about the du- oh, you're not worried about the double teams, not getting not getting no, open. Because I think when you have talented guys like that, like that. Very, they overcome that one way or another. Chris, whether, what do you think? Same, offense, same question to you, Chris. The, well, look, I mean, look at the numbers, man. Okay, these are the numbers opposite Antonio Brown last year. 111 passes for over 1,400 yards. The youngest wide receiver ever to reach those levels. You know, that's with an all-pro wide receiver getting X amount of targets opposite you on the field. The volume is going to be there, double teams or not. The volume is going to be there. It's, if anything, it's going to increase, right? So I think he has a chance to match those numbers. And if he, even if he falls a little short, that's still no worse than a second-round uh, round wide receiver. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying I think last year he was in the top five wide receiver category as far as fantasy points go. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to be top five this year simply because they don't have anybody on the other side yet. Now, if one of those guys, James Washington, uh, if one of those guys steps up and they force you to not be able to double-team him, I think you're okay. Um, But I am going to actually – I think he's going to drop a little this year is all I'm saying. I I think, though, you know – if you're talking about, well, I guess, you know, it's kind of early to call him an elite receiver, but who was, who was opposite DeAndre Hopkins last year? Who was opposite Julio Jones last year? Who was opposite uh, Devontae Adams last year? You know, they, they the elite guys get their catches. So, you know, it, I guess this is the year that will prove whether he's elite or not, but I, I'm counting on him being elite. All right, so you two good think point. he's still good? I still I think he's going to fall – probably into the top 10 to 15 receivers and points this year in fantasy. You guys are both uh, pretty high on them. Uh, Tight ends aren't going to take us long, guys, because there's only three or four that uh, are going to be picked early, and I don't even know how how early that's going to be. I'm going to be very, very different here where I say if the top five running backs that I like are off the board and I'm picking sixth or seventh and I don't get – 
uh, Thomas at receiver, or maybe maybe Hopkins are both gone. I'm taking Travis Kelsey as my first pick. I think he's going to have as many points with that offense as some of those big wide receivers. And then I'm going to try to get one of my wide receivers or running backs on the way back down. Um, any any comments out there, Chris? Your tight ends. Um, there's only two, it's Kelsey Ertz, and some people like uh, George Kittle. I'm not so big on him this year as much as everybody else. But when do you generally look at a, if the best tight end on the board, regardless of who you think it is, is Almond you pick? Are you not are you not looking for him like in the top three rounds? I am not. Okay. And and it's just habit, mindset, whatever. Look, look at the numbers. I mean, Kelsey, you know, uh, 103 passes last year, 10 touchdowns. Okay? That's, you know, obviously top-notch wide receiver numbers. Okay? You look at the offense he's in, you look at the quarterback, look at the head coach. Yeah, I mean – the guy, you know, we look, we've seen this before. We, we've seen big seasons out of guys like Gronk or Tony Gonzalez that would lead one to believe that if the top four or five receivers are gone, you know, go tight end here. Um, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you as that is a strategy because the numbers are the numbers. But for me, I don't know, man. I just, I just have the stigma about taking – even if it, even when Gronkowski was playing, you didn't you didn't take him early either. If he was available when you no, picked, no, no. Look, you almost you almost count. Here's the thing: it's like even if you were on the fence about that kind of decision, I know there's going to be at least one guy in my league that's going to go there and make that decision <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to go. Like, yeah, oh, he took Kelsey. I have a, you know, you, you breathe a sigh of relief at that point. You yeah, know? you're right, because so, every year in my league, someone took Gronkowski in the top 10, and he ended up having more points than half our receivers did anyway, and we, all, we still made fun of him. Gary, your tight end strategy, if you, you, you waiting two, or you, you nail on the first one when you can? Uh, I'm pretty much along the lines of Chris. I, I pretty much agree with him. Uh, I always feel like they're doing me a favor if they're taking a tight end because that leaves me somebody in another position, either a running back or a wide receiver, that I would otherwise not have had a chance at. Uh, you know, it's just I, – I just don't – I guess I don't value them enough. I, I don't know whether if that's it or what, but I can see how people think, well, there's only two or three good ones. I'm going to get a really good one uh, or the best one. And But I just don't buy into that. I just think uh, you have to manage your team – the way, you know, you would a regular football team and the wide receivers and the running backs are like the, the bread and butter and the tight end is a nice thing to have. It's a nice thing to have, but they're not, it's not somebody that I'm going to be spending an early round pick on to get that. I just, I'm not going to do it, especially, especially not six lanes. <laughs> yeah, I, that might have been an exaggeration. I, I was thinking more like 10 or 11 and most of the yeah, top three I mean, of each position, I probably telling you right now, if I had ten or eleven, I would take Kelsey and then get somebody else, probably a running back on the way back down, because after the top ten wide receivers, all these guys barring injury are going to finish within a hundred points of each other, fifty points of each other. In my opinion, I don't, I just don't think there's that big of a deal. But well, um, look, man, if, if you're going to go tight end that early, he's the guy. There's no question about it. 
You know, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, these solid, all-pro caliber guys. But first round, even second round, no. Travis Kelsey's the only one that you would target at that position that early. Yeah, and, and again, and, after the first, or two, two, first two, maybe Ertz and Kelsey, they're all the same anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, and the, the interest – in the, the interest, advantage- Go ahead, Gary. I was say, the only advantage of taking Kittle is that you could name the team Kittles and Bits. Oh, I yeah. like it. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Kittle. And, yeah, I do like that. That's well, now great. Now I'm going to take him instead of Kelsey. Well, yeah. hey, thanks a lot. Listen, in Kittle's defense, the guy had over third, almost 1,400 yards receiving, which is a single season record for a tight end, <laughs> and he was playing in the 49ers offense with no quarterback. Me, you, or Gary could have probably competed for the starting quarterback job after Jimmy G went down. Now, they get Garoppolo back this year, and if I'm not mistaken... Hey, he looks like shit so far. I think Garoppolo and Kittle were teammates in college. So, talk about a security blanket for a guy coming back off injury trying to prove uh, he's worth a big contract in Garoppolo. Uh, Kittle could be in line for another huge season, guys. It could be, and I hope you both get stuck with uh, Hunter Henry and uh, Delaney Walker in round nine. So, at the interest of time, <laughs> well, we got about five that's or usually how it happens. <laughs> exactly. So, we're gonna have five or six minutes left. Okay. Um, everybody likes to be the big prognosticator. I want to go with the last five or six minutes. We're gonna talk sleepers and who we think some of the not some of the top five guys at each position. I'm not talking. I don't care about kickers. Team defenses are obviously important, but. I'm talking a sleeper, and we'll start with running back, um, who's not like a top five, top six guy that everybody's going to pick that you're going to want on your roster come the 12th, 13th round uh, so you can you can clean up if your guy goes down or he's, you're going to win the bye week when your starter's in. Uh, let's not forget you should always handcuff, if you can, your starter if he's a major back because if he gets hurt, you're screwed if you don't have his backup. That's a late round pick usually in my in my draft, um, but sleeper wise, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with running back, and I'm, there's a guy that I like. There's a couple guys I like, but one of the ones that I think you really got to be careful with here. I'm interested to see what this if this Philip Lindsay, who's a 20th ranked running back out of Denver, um, that kid was went off last year. He's fast. He catches the ball. I don't understand how you, people have him as the 20th best running back unless he doesn't get the starting nod. And from everything I've seen so far, he's there unless he gets injured. So he's one. And the other one I like is the 13th-ranked running back, Damian Williams out of Kansas uh, Kansas City. He's just another one of those Andy Reid running backs that are going to get carries. He's going to catch screen passes. He's going to do reverses. Um if I had to pick two sleepers at running back, they would be mine. Chris, you got a sleeper or one or two sleepers at running back that, that you have your eye on late in the draft that Gary doesn't pretends he doesn't know about? <laughs> well, I think that's I'll, I'll, I'll uh, cover my ears. Yeah. I think that's key here when you talk about later in the draft, you know, if you really want to identify or stay true to the, you know, definition of sleeper, you yeah. know, and a guy that just does not, you know, you look at some of these mock drafts, a guy that just does not seem to be getting any respect is Chris Carson out of Seattle. I mean, look, this this dude, you know, 
almost 2,000 yards rushing last year, nine TDs. No team in football runs more than the Seattle Seahawks. That's very true. Okay? Uh, 25 years old. I mean, yeah, they got some other guys in there, backfield, like Rashard Penny or whatever, but this dude is a bell cow. I mean, he's getting every red zone carry. The big knock on Carson in terms of where he's being drafted is he only caught, I don't know, man, I think it was maybe 15 to 20 passes last year. So you're not getting a lot of uh, volume from that part of it. But the word out of camp is they really want to involve this guy more in the passing game. I like that. And I if like that, that happens, too. And he can, let's say he doubles his receptions to 40 this year and still gets a ton of touches, you know, maybe gets that 10, 11 touchdowns with 1,000 yards rushing, and this guy is going around the 18, 19, 20th running back drafted. That sounds like a sleeper to me. All right, good. Gary, running back. Um, I, 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 I'm a little bit pissed because I spent, you know, an hour working on kickers today. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a bonus show for that uh, later on right before the season starts when we figure out who didn't blow out their hamstring. The podcast after show will be all. It'll be kickers and team defenses. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if this guy's a sleeper or not, but he missed most of last year, and I think he's in the offense. His competition's gone. Dalvin Uh, Cook. Are you going Dalvin Cook? With that, I thought you were going Dalvin Cook. No. uh, Although I thought about him too, but (laughs) he's actually not ranked very low. Devontae Freeman of Atlanta. 21st. Uh, around, you know, in the late teens. Yeah, I got him and 21 in my think, magazine. Yeah, I, I just think that, that that guy's got, you know, he's in the right offense. He's He was always really productive. Um, he just was not always getting the carries. And I don't I don't know if they're going to have anybody uh, behind him that's worth having or not. But I really liked him. I had him one year. I, I really enjoyed having him. Uh, he was really productive. Uh Scored a lot of touchdowns. What was the guy's name? Cohen, I think, was the guy that was behind him. Three Cohen. Uh, well, he was with. I think he was with anyway. the Bears. What's the other guy's name? Uh, they had a two-headed <laughs> monster there in Chicago. What was it, Chris? Do you remember? Or Atlanta. Coleman. Atlanta. Coleman. Uh, Coleman. That's it. Coleman. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Coleman. But that. But I. So I like. I like Freeman a lot, and I like the rookie from uh, from Oakland, Josh Jacobs. Ah, too. shit! I was you just going to say that. Damn it. Yeah, that's, that's another guy that I'm, I'm kind of uh, keeping an eye on. All right, one uh, more. I just want to throw this name out there because he's not even in the top 35 on my book. Keep your eye out for this Balaj. Balaja? Balaji? I don't even know how you pronounce it. From Miami. He's getting first-team reps, and he looks untacklable when he's in space. So just for you people out there that need a running back late, take one of uh, the guys we mentioned there. Uh, we're about to wrap it up, but I do want to get into a little bit of sleepers on wide receivers. Uh, Chris, give me one or two receivers that you think is going to have a big year and maybe why. I like D.D. Westbrook out of uh, Jacksonville. Uh, you know, wow, somebody from Jacksonville got mentioned. Last year, 700-plus yards, six TDs with Blake Bortles as his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How... Now they got look, now they got Nick Foles, who's an excellent. You know, Nick Foles is really good at throwing passes in the slot. That's where this guy lives. I think he could be a volume monster. Maybe you know, get up to around eighty to ninety catches, 
Um, again, sleeper type uh, a guy, nobody you're looking at for maybe your first or even second receiver. You need that third guy. He could be productive. And another guy I really like is uh, Chris Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers. I mean, this guy has been sneaky good. Penn Stater. Now. Penn Stater. And um, he could he could really be somebody that could end up the season top 12, top 13. Agreed. Godwin's on my list. Uh, that was one of my two sleepers I like. I actually have three. I like D.J. Moore out of Carolina. He's not in the top 20 receivers. Somebody's got to catch a ball over there other than just uh, out of the backfield. So I think he's going to have uh, – he's got really good hands, and I, I do like him becoming a little more involved with their offense this year. Um, I, I, not, I hate their quarterback, so that's up in the air. Um, but I'm going to give Pittsburgh a little love. I think Washington is going to be one of my big sleepers. He's ranked 57th receiver. They are going to double-team Juju, at least until this guy makes him – not double-team him. I think Washington, and he has been catching everything that's been thrown his way in preseason. He's one of my sleepers. Gary, you got a couple sleepers at receiver before we end? Well, I had D.D. Westbrook, so there, uh, Chris already talked about him. Thunder taken. Um, uh, I like Kenny Galladay from Detroit. Um, I don't know if he's really a sleeper anymore or not. I mean, he's ranked in the 20s. I, I think he's a really nice uh, guy that you can get your hands on pretty in the middle middle to late rounds. Had 70 catches last year, and um, I, I, I'm going to hate to say it, but keep an eye out for Josh Gordon uh, from New England coming back. Uh, if you want to do a late round, like last pick of the draft flyer, what the hell? You could do worse. I mean, he probably will get suspended again. but Yeah, and you know, <laughs> and he's got Brady throwing to him. Yeah, I mean, that, he can always, you know, and you know Brady doesn't, he doesn't like <laughs> focus on one guy he's going to be spreading it around right and he's got he lost the target in the end zone with drunk so uh, there you have it you could do worse all right guys that's going to end our fantasy football podcast in the interest of time um i'd love to thank chris and gary our fantasy football experts for joining the podcast this week this will be posted on facebook twitter soundcloud itunes and anywhere else greg we can put this little bastard out there to help people win their league um, so look for it. Please put your comments on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can say that Chris or Gary and I are all full of shit because we all pretty much know it, and we've said that about each other anyway. So uh, appreciate it. Listen to it. Like it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.